Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Katie Hunt of Trade Show Bootcamp. This is our third time guest. She's been on the show previously talking to us all about wholesale and trade show stuff. She's a business strategist and a mentor to creative entrepreneurs. And she's been super helpful in the realm of all things retail and all things product based. Today, she's bringing a new conversation to the table and helping out all of you service based babes who have wanted to dip your toe into physical products, but don't know where to start. Don't want to have an inventory don't want to get overwhelmed. We're breaking down drop shipping and print on demands and different softwares and tools and systems that you can set up in place, different questions to ask yourself to make sure that you're ready and you're setting good expectations. And this may or may not have sparked a new fire in our booty to get some of our own products listed. Can't wait for you guys to get this one a listen. So ever since I can remember, I've had an itch to start a product line for Think Creative Collective. And so selfishly, we invited back Katie Hunt to talk to us a little bit about how service-based businesses and any business really can start having a product shop without housing inventory. So I am excited to jump into this. But first of all, like, I think a lot of people don't even realize this is an option. So explain to me what that means to be a product-based business without inventory. And welcome to episode number three. Like this is, you're like, you've been around the show for a bit. So welcome back. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me back. I always love chatting with you ladies. But Abby, I should start this by saying, this is a great way to test the waters for having products. This is not something I recommend for companies that are based on selling products. If they want to be a product-based business and they want to sell retail and wholesale, they will have to have inventory. But for a service-based business, there are ways that you can dip your toe in the water and try products and build out some automated systems so that you don't have to invest a lot of money in inventory or house a lot of inventory. But I should say, adding physical products to a service-based business, it is still a, a lot of work. It is still like... 
there's still work to be done there. So I don't want to, I don't want to lead people down the path of thinking, Oh, it's all so simple. You just, you know, create a design and here you go. Passive income, right? (laughs) Passive income these days, right? I mean, you don't do any legwork at the front for any of this. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. But I think that's been one of the huge reasons that shied me away. Like Abby's been gung ho about like, how can we add something physical and like wanting to touch it and see it. And she's all about like, maybe a cute, you know, notebook or notepad or coffee mug or t-shirt or whatever. And to me, I just get down the line of like, uh, it feels like an entirely different business to me. It is. I mean, it is a totally different business model, but there are people out there that are running service-based businesses, whether they are coaches or they have membership services, or there's so many different things that people are doing as a service-based business. And you can layer in products in a way that makes sense for you. Somebody that I think is doing it really well is a woman named Robin Long. She runs The Balanced Life, which is a yoga membership. And I think you pay... I don't recall what it is now, but I think it's maybe under $20 a month. Yeah, it's inexpensive. It is. It's super inexpensive. And it's under $20 a month. And she posts videos of yoga workouts that are 10 minutes and even longer ones. But the goal is for busy entrepreneurs, for moms, for people that just don't have a lot of time. She wants you to get in that quick workout. But on her website, so she sells that membership site in the, or service, and that's her core business. But she also has an online shop within her website where she sells a handful of products and she uses a thing called print on demand services. And that's what I wanted to share with you guys in terms of this inventory aspect of it. Print on demand services, you can order one, you can order very few quantities of things. But when I last looked at Robin's website, she had maybe like five or six different products that she was selling. It was a t-shirt, a tote bag, a mug, and all of them had the same artwork on them. So this is another misconception. I think people think, oh my gosh, if I'm going to create a product line to complement my service-based business, I have to do what regular product businesses do of creating this wide range of different aesthetics and styles. Things. Robin did a great job of taking... I think she hired a calligrapher and she had two phrases that she did. One was sisterhood, which is the name of her membership site. And one was, I think, give grace or something like that. Something she talks a lot about. And she put those phrases on all these different pieces. And she uses a print on demand service that connects with her online shop. And basically as orders come in, the print on demand service fulfills it and sends it out directly to her customers. That's awesome. Is that... And like... We don't need to go into like Robin's like income <laughs> and revenue from that, but just like looking from the outside in, is that more of a strategy of just offering a different value and community aspect to your students and your your audience, or is it a legit revenue stream? Well, you know, adding products it can enable you to service your existing audience better. So, for or in the case of Robin, for example, like. Her, her existing customers are people that are doing yoga. So what are they going to need? What kind of products would they be interested in? You know, a tote bag to carry their mat or, you know, a coffee mug so they can sit coffee while they watch her videos and then do the workouts or whatever. You know, you want to try to find complementary products that are going to fit in with what your audience is already looking for from you. It is... I don't know how she runs her business. Like you can choose to market it as heavy or as lightly right. as you'd like. But yes, I mean, it's another revenue stream. You can increase your overall sales and your overall revenue. And it might attract a wider audience of customers from you. People that aren't familiar with your services may stumble across your products and that may lead them into purchasing your services too. So it kind of could be a cross selling point as well. Yeah, for sure. So I know people can go in, create products and things will automatically get printed and it'll ship 
from an alternate location. What are the the downfalls of not holding inventory versus just having someone else drop ship and create the product for you? Great question, Abby. So when you use drop shippers, you are paying a higher price per item. Because like anything, the more volume we buy, the lower the price point per piece is going to be. So that's why when I entered this conversation and I said, you know, when you're running a product-based business, you will at some point need to house inventory. That's because you're going to want to order higher volume so that you get that price per piece down. But so one of the drawbacks is that your profit margin will be slightly less using a print-on-demand service because you're paying that higher price per piece. But... When you think about the time you would be spending to package that order, to, to receive the order, package the order, take that order to the post office, you know, all of that kind of stuff, it's really, in my opinion, negligible because I think a lot of people don't factor in the cost of their time and they should be. And so the prior, the, pri- the higher price you're paying for that print on demand service, it, you could, it kind of feels like you're just trading the time for the money. Are there specific websites and brands of print-on-demand sites that you recommend? There are. So Printed Mint is one that I absolutely love. They've been a sponsor of our Paper Camp conference in the past, and they have a wide range of products. They've got things for kids and office and pets and apparel. They've got beach towels. And you can order as few as one item from That's them. Awesome. You- it is. You can make it personalized. So like, for example, if somebody was planning an event and they wanted to put people's names on a clipboard or a towel or something, they could do that for you. Or if you wanted to have an online shop like we're talking about and everything is just the same, they could do that for you too. But they could just print a low quantity as you need them. You can even have them ship the products directly to your customers. They have um, some really great branding. They have standard branding, but then they will wrap things in ribbon and put your company name on it. So it looks like it's coming directly from your company. And they've got some upgrades too that you can do. But the customer service is great. The product quality is great. I I highly recommend them. And they've really expanded a lot. They've got glassware now and they've got a lot of different products. So that's one that I love. That's also a small... Sorry, if they're not... So if they're not drop shipping it straight to the customer, it comes to you and then you ship it to the customer? Okay, okay, okay. So if you wanted to, you could have everything come to you and then, you know, you could ship it out. And some people, that used to be the case even like five years ago or three years ago because a place like Print and Mint wouldn't make the packaging look cute and pretty and like it's coming from you. They would wrap it in a very standard... Looks like it comes from Amazon. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So some people wanted to have that extra finish. In that case, they'd have it sent to them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so Printimit is a great one. Printful.net is another one. And they currently they have a wide range of products too. It's a little bit different than Printed Mint. They do have an automated system where they sync with Shopify and some of these other shops. So it's it's a lot less hands-off. Printed Mint's working on that, and I'm not sure where they are in that process. I know it's coming. Look at their website. They've got a really great video that shows you how it all works and how they sync with your website to make it more automated and seamless. Is that who we've used before, Abby? Yeah, so we've used Printful in the past, and it used to be that you had to use something like ShipStation to connect Squarespace to Printful, but they recently targeted me with an ad because (laughs) they know that I want to do this product shop. You actually can connect directly to Squarespace now, but you do have to be on the advanced business plan, which is more expensive, but it's still cheaper than paying 
for ship station on a monthly basis versus just upgrading your overall website. Plus, if you upgrade your overall website, you get access to things like abandoned cart emails that are all automatic, stuff like that, that you weren't getting previously. And I realize typically for product shop, Shopify is probably a better option. So I haven't seen a ton of people recommending Squarespace, but I think if it's something like this where it's just an add-on and it's not your main gig, I think that's a really great option for people. Yeah, I know it works with WordPress sites as well. The majority of my my clients and my alumni from Bootcamp are on Shopify sites, um, but a lot of them are, you know, they're focused more on wholesale and like higher volume. Right. So for for somebody that has a service-based business that's running on WordPress or Squarespace, you may not need to do a Shopify site, but it there's options, I guess is my yeah. point. I would say if, if you're in the service-based realm, like stick with the website that serves that primary business the easiest. Shopify might not... I don't know what their blogging platform looks like or you know, how their functionality works. So don't change like your entire business to be suited for a product-based business if you're still solely a service-based business. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Your core, if your core business is service and that's where your main revenue is coming, there's ways to work this in if this is something you'd like to work in, but don't feel the need to create a whole new site. And to, like the whole point of this conversation is to layer in added revenue. Yeah and to make things as simple and streamlined as possible. It's not to create a separate business model. It's not to create, you know, you don't want to be running two separate businesses here. You want to keep it, keep it simple. So talk to me about kind of the beginning, the early stages of really even finding out if adding on products, even by ordering just one or two at a time, even makes sense for your business. Yeah, well, that's one of the hardest things about running a product-based business. We have ideas and we have things that we want to create but we don't know how the market's going to respond to it, right? We don't know if it's just like a course or coaching program or any of that stuff. We don't know if people are going to respond. And so that's one of the beauties of these print on demand services. You could create a mug or an art print or, you know, some glassware or whatever it is that you want to create. And you don't have the high risk of buying this huge amount of volume, you know, huge amount of inventory rather. So I think I usually recommend service-based businesses start with a handful of items. So no more than five things and start simple. The way Robin did it, where it was like, you know, one phrase that was put on different things. I thought that was brilliant because she kept it simple. It was relatable to her audience. She could test the market. Now, if she's using a print on demand service or if anyone's using a print on demand service, you can put those five things on your website. You can talk about them. You can market them on how, you know, in your regular marketing channels and you can see what comes of it. If in three months, six months, you're not getting traction on something, let's say tote bags are just not doing it. You're not getting anything out of that. Well, you can always pull that product down and try something new. There's little stress. To, there's, I don't mean to oversimplify this. There, you know, there's work that goes into this, but at the same time, I think people get really concerned of, well, I, I, I created this tote bag design and I got to leave it up. No, if it's not working, it's totally okay. It's transition. It's okay to pull it down and try something different. Literally just slap it on a coffee mug, that same design or a shirt or whatever, and see how that resonates with your audience. 
Yeah. But think about the things that people come to you for. Think about your catchphrases. Think about the words and the, the things that you always say. Think about your brand design. How can you incorporate that into a product that when your customer is sitting down drinking their coffee and they see your mug or it's maybe doesn't have your brand and your company name on it, but maybe it's in your branding colors and they know they bought it from you. Like they're going to think about you and maybe mm-hmm. they'll know what you're doing. Exactly. Or even like products are the thing that people are going to share more like on their Instagram feed or just in flat lazy, even in their own branding that you might make it on to someone else's social media channels. Whereas someone's not going to be like, I'm taking this course over here and <laughs> style it all pretty. That's rare that that happens. You just jogged something else I wanted to share. These print-on-demand services, as much as like we're talking about a saleable product, increasing our revenue, there's two other reasons I think these services are excellent. One is style photography. If you want to create some branded products for photo shoots, these these places make it very easy for you to create one-off pieces that you can then use for you know styled pictures. The other thing is client gifts. If you're trying to send gifts to coaching clients or whomever, you know, an onboarding gift for somebody that's new, or maybe it's gifts for your team, you can do some really fun personalized things through these. And again, it's like now, a low cost, if everyone so. would get on the same page, nobody wants a mug with your logo on it. I see this happen so often, especially as like a client gift. Guys, stop it. Those end up in the day. Like it can be branded. Like it can be like on brand. There's a difference between on brand and slapping your logo on something. And your brand. (laughs) I love putting their brand on things and sending it. Who doesn't love getting something with their own logo on it that they hadn't thought about? You know, like that's a but I agree with you, Abby. There's branded and there's your branding. <laughs> totally different. Yes. Well, and also be mindful. I've had this conversation with a couple of creatives about the message of your brand of whatever it is that you sell and choosing to add on another layer where it's literal physical content. Like, just be mindful. There's a lot of like minimalist brands that you know we are in our audience and we're chatting with them and they get that creative itch. And so they're like, well, let me add coffee mugs and notepads and this planner and do this. And I'm like, are you actually adding something to your ideal client or are you just adding to the clutter of like shit that everyone gets in the mail? Is it actually helpful? So I think that goes back to like a asking yourself if it's really worth it, but scratch the itch with something that's going to resonate with the people you're talking to. And the same is true when you're creating an online shop to complement your services. What are your, What is your audience coming to you for? What are they buying from you? What services are you providing? And what products can complement your services? You know, thinking about it from that standpoint, how are you adding value through the products? Yeah. And I think that's where, that's where we've set mostly for TCC is we've done the, the very simple, simple version of this, of just putting funny quotes on a t-shirt and sending those, those, those have gone fine. But I think like the more in-depth version would truly be, okay, we have maybe digital downloads or an ebook that's online. And if people are saying in our audience, Oh, I really like printing it out and filling it out. That might be something where we're like, okay, do we print that in like a little notepad or notebook and and make that as an option? I failed to mention earlier when you guys were asking about resources. So those two I mentioned, they don't really have a ton of paper products available. And my world is paper world, as you know. Mm -hmm. 
So I wanted to also mention Digital Lizard. They are a really great on-demand print house and they're a commercial printer. So they can do notebooks. They can do, um, they even have playing cards that you can design the backs of. They have like everything you can imagine, greeting cards, prints, all of it. So they're, and they'll mail things directly to your customers too. So that's another good option as a third. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. That would be helpful for a lot of people because, I I mean, I think the easy go-to is like coffee mugs, tote bags, and t-shirts. But like, literally think outside the box a little bit of what 
what could fulfill you as the creative person that's constantly wanting to make things and offer new products, but also just serve your people really well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This kind of has me excited about maybe looking into this. Well, again. I won't be mad about it. I think our coach might literally punch us in the face one of these days because she's like, focus, focus, focus. And I think it's an easy thing to go down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. of it's fun and it's really exciting. and But it doesn't necessarily always mean like, you're going to double your business or you're going to like have this giant extra stream of income. It might be reasonable. It, it might even just be an opportunity to break even, but serve people in a really fun, unique way. But that's always been my hesitation because I'm all about go big or go home. And it's hard to imagine adding something that I do think could go really well, but I don't ever see it being as big or as important as other aspects of our business. I think if you set those expectations going in though, to know that the whole goal of this is to serve our audience better. Maybe it's just supposed to be an entry point for people to buy from you, similar to your Trello course at the low price point. Maybe this is a product that's at a lower price point that they can buy in on and it sits on their desk or whatever it might be. So you could even kind of look at this as just an opt-in option for people to get on your list more familiar with you. And then hopefully they'll go up the, you know, customer's ladder of like buying bigger things from you or signing on for more things. I do think though, you need to manage expectations What and set goals. What do I want to get out of this? Is it financial? Is it, you know, gaining a, a stronger reputation in the industry? Is it attracting a wider audience? What are your goals for starting this? Because if you don't have a clear goal, then you're not going to have a clear project plan as to what you're trying to what you're doing to get to that goal. And the other thing is, I I, I said this before, but start small and keep it small. Don't try to sell all the things. Just remember like four or five at most, keep them cohesive. Even if it's the same phrase or design on everything, just start small and try to do something that feels good to you. And then reassess it. You know, every six months or every year, reassess how it's going and consider your marketing plan for it too. Like if... I want to get more exposure on like, how do I do that? And how do I do that? Well, and I think what another piece that it could really serve for, especially digital businesses, I feel like I often hear that our students who are either course creators or they sell an idea instead of an actual thing that it's hard to do that. It's hard to get that across. It's hard to reach influencers. It's hard to, you know, you can't slide into someone's DMs without something like really to give them physically. Right. So this might be able to serve that purpose of can you, you know, if you're building this relationship with social influencers on sharing something on their feed, maybe it's this physical product that's that easy. Yes, that that's opt in, but it's the physical thing that other people can also touch and share and talk about your brand. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. But I think you need to be very intentional with the products you use and the systems that you build behind selling these products because it can get very overwhelming very fast if you are housing inventory and shipping everything yourself and packaging it up. I mean, even just the finding the correct manufacturers, you know, that can lead down a huge rabbit hole of like manufacturing overseas. Are you doing it here? Like what volume are you, you know, again, that's more for a traditional product-based business. So in so much that you can keep it simple, you can create automations and systems around this and set your expectations of like, okay, I'm okay paying a higher price per piece 
and using this this print on demand service it's going to make my life easier because it will you know i can test the market faster and i can and the other thing is it makes it faster for you yes. to get this up and running which makes faster for you to see if it's working, which makes it faster for you to make changes if you need to. So I'm all about that fast. I just saw a thread the other day where someone was asking, if you are a course creator currently, and you use a platform like Thinkific or Teachable or any of those, right? Would you ever consider like moving off of that platform and creating your own custom platform for your programs? Or are the fees worth it to you? And so, you know, a bunch of people were giving great feedback and I commented and I was like, I will pay fees all day, every day because and most recently it proved this like to be, I knew it was right, but I got proven to it. We sat and looked at each other and had an idea. And six days later, we had a sales page up, content loaded, and we were making sales. And that would not happen if we had to call our developer and get our new website designer. And we'd be paying an arm and a leg for a testing of an idea. And I think this is that same concept, but just in the digital course realm. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I have all my programs on Teachable and I love it. And I could not imagine... I, I did try having it on my website. I did try all these different systems. But to your point, yes, it was so cumbersome. It was so time consuming. And the user experience wasn't as good. So yeah, I will pay for this, these kind of services that make my life easier, that make for a better customer experience for my audience Yep, all day long. My job is not as a course developer, course website developer. Like that is not my job. My job is to like educate and add value and help people grow their businesses and be profitable. So how can I do that? easier and faster. Absolutely. Well, I want to go back to goals for a second, because like anything else, the first time you do it, I feel like you end up guessing uh, at like where you should even start. So as someone who's lived in the product-based world for a long time, like how do you even go about setting reasonable or tangible goals without shooting way past what's possible? Well, that's a great question. I don't let me talk this out because I'm going to kind of formulate this answer as we go. I think that you need to set goals around how many products you do want to sell, like number of products. I think you need to set goals around the dollar amount you'd like to bring in within a certain time frame. And then what would be your goals of adding new or, you know, kind of that six month checkpoint? Like, are we going to take things out and move things forward? But I also think it needs to be on non-quantitative stuff too. Like, are your products getting you in front of more people? Are you increasing your engagement on social media? Are you seeing more people being added to your email list through the product channel? Like some of those metrics or that aren't as easy to quantify, but I don't know if that answers your question, but I I think you need to have a variety of goals and a variety of checkpoints as to whether or not this is successful. I think it depends too. Like, If you need this to be a strong revenue generating thing, then your marketing needs to be much more aggressive. If you want it to be more of a passive, you know, thing that just kind of sells itself, then maybe you make a really strong website that sells the products and you make it a little more passive. I I don't, I don't know if I'm answering your question, Abby, but I feel like you can get as aggressive or uh, like not as aggressive as you want with it. Well, I think for us, like specifically checking in with what you want that creative energy or that income stream to serve even you as a business owner. So like for us, I feel like it would only not only but its main purpose would be adding value to our existing customers and and getting the buzz kind of around the brand. So there might be a little bit of growth strategy there, but mostly of just like 
these people have already been around. These people are asking for something like this. So let's fill that need for the people who we love and who've been in our audience for a while. If it like catches the eye of someone on the outside, great. But I think, is it an internal growth strategy or is it an external growth strategy? And, and aligning those other expectations with that. The other thing is maybe it's a community building thing where you're bringing people from your community that are artists and you're selling some of their yes. products through it. And it's like a marketplace. You know, there's lots of different ways to slice and dice it. Now that's a little different. The marketplace is different if somebody's already manufacturing these products because you need to work out a dropshipping or anything like that. But perhaps they want to provide a design to you and you know, there's a credit to them on it somewhere. Or, you know what I mean? There's lots of ways you could do this and build your business and expand your community. Absolutely. I wanted to share one of our, this is kind of going back to marketing a little bit, but I think it's also from that community aspect of if you're choosing to add on products to serve your audience, one of our ideas, and it just like, it never really took off because we didn't, we didn't set goals. We didn't pay that much attention to it, but we wanted to kind of rope in engagement from our audience to literally decide what we were selling and offering. So one of our initial like marketing strategies was <laughs> to host like a poll about the next design, the next quote, the next whatever that was offered. So that gave us feedback on, okay, how many people then are really interested in this thing and let them decide what that next thing could be. So they feel a part of that you know, community and decision team. And I think that that also serves a different purpose where you might just be breaking even at that point, but you're providing a different level of like interaction with your audience. So two things to that point. One, I absolutely agree. Pulling your audience. If you're not sure what kind of things would be better, what kind of products would be beneficial to them, absolutely pull them. That's a great idea. The second thing to remember is with print on demand, you aren't paying for the product until somebody orders it from you. So you already have that cash in hand. So really the startup for adding this is making sure your website, you, you know, the, any design for the product you need to do and making sure that your website is up and running plus any marketing that you're doing for it. But in terms of the inventory and cash out for that, you're not buying the product from whatever print on demand service you're using until the order comes in. And in that case, you already have the cash in hand. So you're not outlay, not like a traditional product business where you're outlaying the cash to get the inventory to then sell it. It's a little bit different. So I do think it's this method that we're talking about now, the print on demand, it is a little less risky. I mean, if something doesn't sell in your shop, you're not necessarily out any money. Yep. Yep. And at the end of the day, just order one for yourself. If you're wanting to like take extra pictures of it or whatever it might be, but because that's what we did. We ordered like, because we designed some t-shirts. I was like, well, those are cute. I want one. So we both got some. And I'm like, if we only ever just add them to our Instagram, then whatever. But then we sold some. (laughs) It's definitely a low risk way to add products to your service-based business. I love it. Oh, Lord. Now I just feel like this is going to be the next month of my life if I don't, (laughs) if I'm not careful. I was going to say, I can sit and see the wheels turning in your head, Abby. (laughs) Well, it's true. And it's so hard because it's like, I I feel like for a lot of people, it's a road you want to test or go down. And it's like, how much of your heart or how much of your time or how much of your effort do you really give it? And it's hard when I feel like we're far enough into business, like... We could we could spin a wheel and like pick a course or pick a physical product or pick a digital product or I mean literally pick pretty much anything and it's all about marketing like 
it's not really about what we're selling. We can sell anything. We're at the end of the day, we're a sales company as much as we're an education company. And so I'm just like, well, do we want to go down that road? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's good that you're reflecting on this because this is not for everybody. I know we're, we're talking about how easy this is. It's low <laughs> risk. I feel like we're really glamorizing it when it is a different business model and it is a different skill set than most service providers have. And so you will be pushed into uncomfortable boundaries that you you haven't, you know, it's muscles you haven't stretched before. So it's going to be a little, there's going to be a learning curve, but it's not for everybody. So it's really important to think about, is this something I want to get into? Now, to your point, Abby, maybe it's the kind of thing you like for 50, you spend, you say, I'm going to spend 50 or my team's going to spend 15 or 20 hours building this site. We're going to build out a handful of products. We'll throw it up. We'll see what happens for six six months. And if nobody, if we're not pushing hard on marketing and nobody's really buying, then maybe we just quietly close it and it's no big deal. Or maybe it's going gangbusters and you're seeing a real uptick in, in revenue and you're thinking, okay, we can leverage this for even more. We can market the heck out of it even more. We can add it to our closing in the podcast. We can, you know, you, there's different ways you can enhance it. Maybe you add some more products at that point because you're feeling good about how things are going. This is something that can scale up or scale down, but I do think you need to go into it being smart about it. Find good manufacturers Consider very heavily which products are going to complement what you're already offering and your customers will be excited about. So that's where the polling is very helpful. And, and just be realistic of like, we're going to dedicate this amount of time or this amount of money to getting this set up and we'll see how it goes. Well, to me, it feels exactly like our thought process was before we started this podcast. We're going to have to throw some money at it to get it up and running and get it edited and do the marketing and do the time. And I don't entirely know what purpose it's going to serve for our business yet, if it's going to be a big income stream or a small income stream. And you just test it. And do you actually enjoy spending time doing it and talking about it and marketing it and showing up to make that thing whatever it could be for you, then keep exploring that. And if not, cut it, sister. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Now, before we go into talk strategy to me, I do want to talk about one little piece of the puzzle that I feel like I've personally been struggling with, not just in product base, but just in when you look at high price versus low price, anything and talking about volume of sales. So like the literal number of people it takes to sell enough to make enough. And in the product base world, I'm just not as familiar. What a what are the trends you're seeing as far as like repeat customers, average lifetime customer? And I realize this is all different, very like so many variables, but like just walk through this with me a little bit. So I agree that this is kind of an impossible question to answer because everybody's business is different, whether it's retail based or wholesale based. But I think the most important thing is to look at your own personal trends as you get this going and seeing who is coming back. Are we getting repeat orders? I think repeat orders are great, but I also want to see a higher intake of new customers coming in because you could always, you know, getting that first buy-in, as you guys know, is always the hardest. And then once they're in the door, you can sell them on um, more things. So it's 
it's hard to tell you this is the customer lifetime value of them or this is what, because products are, you know, it depends on the price point of your products. It depends on how large your product line is. It depends on your go-to-market strategy, whether you're wholesale, retail, whatever. It is, I can't give you just this as an industry standard for that. But what I will tell you is it keeps going back to that six, that check-in, whatever the interval is for the check-in, looking and dissecting which products are selling best. What are the trends? Where are we seeing the repeat customers? Which price points are we seeing the biggest leverage with? And what could we add in that category to increase the cart value for something like this? To your point earlier about the abandoned cart notifications and emails, that is hugely important. And you need to create a system around that so that especially if you're mainly a product-based business, it's it's so important if you're service adding products. But being able to capture the people that were once on your site that added stuff to your cart and reminding them, hey, this is still here. We'd love to have you. You know, Let's get this in your hot little hands as quick as you can. (laughs) So in my opinion, it's just as important whether you're service adding products or just a product-based business to constantly be reevaluating your numbers and looking at the metrics for you. knowing your numbers at all. But and and more than just your expenses and your income, like looking at the patterns within the products, the price points, the the volume of sales. Because two, that's gonna go into for for a regular product-based business, that's gonna go into okay, for our next round of ordering, when we reorder from our manufacturer, are we gonna up the quantity to lower the price point to increase our margins? I'm getting a little in the weeds here, but like it is very different for every company. So know your numbers. Yeah, very much. (laughs) All right. Well, let's head into talk strategy to me. And I would love to hear three to five action steps to someone who's listened to this and been like, yes, I'm hearing from my audience that they want some products. I have some ideas on what that could be. What are some things that people can be implementing this month to maybe get off the ground ASAP? Sure. So three things that I've already kind of talked about. The first is start small and keep it simple. Do not try to sell all the things. Choose... (laughs) Choose four to five products that fit your audience very well and that will complement the services that you're already offering. So that's the first thing. Like, And if you need to get feedback from them and survey them, do it. Make them feel a part of it. They'll be excited when you actually launch. So don't order a thousand mugs to save on costs before you know whether they'll sell or not. For the love of God, please do not do that. Right. The second thing is I want you to research the three print on demand services that I've already talked about here, as well as any others, depending on which products you need, but find great manufacturing partners. So the ones I mentioned were printed mint, printful and digital lizard. All of these have a different product mix. And again, for all of these, you can order as few as one item. You can make them all the same. You can personalize them, whatever it is. And also look into drop shipping options for them. So now you've got your products, you know, you want to sell, you've got your manufacturing in place. The third thing is to run your numbers. So know what you're paying per piece, know what your markup is, know what the, the, the market will bear for a specific product. So if you're getting a tote bag, look around, do your homework and see what tote bags are selling for elsewhere. Make sure that you've got the margin between the manufacturing costs, your production costs and what your retail price is going to be. And the fourth thing is I want you to automate and build systems wherever you can for this. Yes, girl. This goes back to keeping things as simple as possible. So you want to build systems for your product development, you know, the actually creating of the design work for your fulfillment. That's where your print manufacturing partners come into play. You want to create systems around customer service and sales and marketing and all of these. You want to find a way to weave these products into the existing marketing that you're already doing. Yes. Awesome. Those are my four. Got it. I love it. Well, how about you tell everyone where they can keep learning from you and hang out with you online? 
Great. So yeah, I can be found at tradeshowcamp.com and I'm tradeshowcamp everywhere socially. I also have a podcast called Proof to Product and it's aimed specifically, it's it's a podcast for product makers, physical product makers. And we tell lots of stories from people that have been in the trenches where you are right now and their successes and their struggles and solutions and strategies. So that can be found at proofdeproduct.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.